For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jeff DeForest along with Mike Luby Lubitz. And I thought that when I got this email that uh, somebody had written a book about our show, Mike Luby Lubitz. <laughs> God bless this mess. <laughs> and we welcome to the program the very popular and very talented uh, Hannah Brown, known as Hannah B, to uh, fans of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, of course, uh, Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Hannah, how are you? Good to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us. It's nice to be here with you guys this morning. That's great to have you with us because uh, you're more popular in Tuscaloosa than Nick Saban. <laughs> we're not big Nick Saban fans. I, I don't know if you have a lot of allegiance to the Crimson Tide there. I would imagine so uh, with uh, your roots in Alabama. All right. Tell us uh, about some of the rationale behind uh, this book because uh, people know you for so many different things. And uh, they literally feel like they've had an intimate relationship with you uh, through your appearances uh, on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Yeah, so um, I think that's just it. There, I've been so thankful to have such a wonderful um, support um, and fan base who feel like they know me, um, but they know me through the lens of a TV show. And um, that, while that is a lot true, there, there's definitely a lot that people didn't see um, on Monday night TV with me. So um, I really wanted to finally let everyone know who I really am and what I've been through and um, what I've learned along the way to really be able to connect um, and relate to people on a much deeper level than I think anybody thought. And so I'm really proud of the book and, and how I feel like it already has been a really relatable um, connecting piece for me and the people that have supported me. The guy with the guitar. We were screaming at the screen. No, no, not him. <laughs> I figured he was a phony all along. There. I know. Uh, and yeah, that, that was uh, some storyline there. And uh, it probably was. I, I don't know. Chris Harrison would probably say that was the most dramatic season of The Bachelor and Ever. I mean, um, what, what was that all about? And, and why the guy with the guitar? I mean, did he have you in hello with that thing? That silly song he sang? <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, look, my top three guys were a musician, a pilot, and a model. So 
Um, I guess I had what what every girl could like dream of, but ultimately I don't think I um when I, I talk about in the book, like I think I was trying to push myself into something that just wasn't quite right for me, but I didn't want to admit that at the time because the the goal of the show was to find somebody to you know spend life life with and I don't know if that was necessarily ever the plan for me on that show and I think um I think the guy with the guitar (laughs) Jed was the most familiar to me um being that he lived in the south and just seemed like you know, more like the guys that I had dated before, which obviously didn't work out. So I don't know what my uh, rationality was in, in that decision making. But at the time, you know, I tried to make a decision that I could feel, you know, okay with. But ultimately, like, it, it didn't work out. And, you know, even though it was really hard, um, I'm glad it didn't. And I learned a lot about myself and definitely grew up and um, was able to relate to a lot of young women because there's so many times we think, you know, it's going to work out with this guy or you try so hard and ultimately it was never the plan for you and how do you um, move forward from that and um, take that into, you know, the next phase of your life and to find love that actually um, is what you deserve. The lonely Hannah Brown, uh, known as Hannah B, to uh, many of her fans uh, with us here on After Hours with Tifo and Luby on Believe Podcast Network. Uh, yeah, and I was a big fan of, of the show. I had been for a long, long time. I, I'm not uh, as much inclined to watch it uh, now uh, last couple of years, but uh, Chris Harrison reminded me of like a Southern wrestling announcer I was a big fan of, Gordon Soley. Uh, how were you able to uh, speak with him in great detail about uh, these various relationships uh, with a straight face when he was giving you that look? Because... Uh, Nobody was able to deadpan these interviews better than Chris Harrison. He, he was amazing at that. Maybe one of the great TV hosts of all time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's been doing it for years. And, I mean, he has seen all these different love stories are not so much <laughs> love stories unfold. So I think he's just, um, yeah, he was, a, he was a great host as a, you know, as a host, like, skill. Um, and, um I think he he knew how to do his job really well, so it wasn't it wasn't too hard. I mean, there'd be some times that I would be like, "Come on, do we really have to do this interview right now?" But um, yeah, no. I mean, right on, there I mean, after something really tragic happened in a relationship, there's Harrison with a film crew, <laughs> and it's amazing. And you know, he he comes in there, and uh, you know, he he's just a perfect deadpan interviewee uh, or interviewer, and uh, you know, did did a great job. I know you have to run. I wish we had more time, and and hopefully, maybe we can do this again, Hannah, because there's so much more to uh, explore with you, including, I mean, uh, the first time you get a scorecard from Len Goodman can't be an easy <laughs> uh, thing to face. Uh, it's almost like a firing squad there, and you you did a great job. I mean, that, that was a tremendous tremendous uh, run you had there. On Dancing with the Stars. Very, very impressive. God bless this mess. Where can people find the book? Um, people can find the book wherever books are sold, but I also, if it's easier, um, they can follow me or check out my page on Instagram. And um, I have a link under my bio with all the different ways that you nice. can buy the book, sign copies, audiobook, um, Amazon, all those good things, but they're in all your local Walmart, Target, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, um, so make sure to go check it out. 
have to admit, I uh, signed up for guitar lessons after your episode. <laughs> the Bachelorette. I thought it would work for him. <laughs> but uh, we're we're uh, we're uh, zero for two with a walk in marriages, and uh, very much on the ropes in this third one. So uh, maybe not uh, the best sources uh, for advice on, on relationships <laughs> either. So uh, Hannah B, a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. Best of luck with this book. We want to get a copy. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. Hannah B. That's interesting. Tuscaloosa, Alabama's uh, own uh, <laughs> Hannah Brown. You're like, we love you a lot more than Saban. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we despise Saban. Saban. Let's be honest about that. I, nobody was rooting for Saban to lose more heavily than I was. He, he was going down. Oh, yeah. Movie, it was I over. I was so happy. I'm like, he might lose three times this year. How amazing is that? Incredible, and yet still we'll go on to win the national championship (laughs) as there will be a shocker. (laughs) That game's in Atlanta, isn't it? The uh, SEC title game? Yep, yep. Atlanta GA, home field advantage. You would have to think was very much in favor of uh, Georgia. But uh, those Alabama fans, they will move you right out of your seats. (laughs) I will never forget the uh, 1992 Sugar Bowl. There we were, Mike Luby-Lubitz. On the scene, covering oh, yeah, hurricane football. Nice. I was there when they took on Alabama, oh. Gene Stallings, uh, and that team that stymied Dennis yeah. Erickson's uh, hurricane team, a juggernaut on offense, and could do nothing. Nothing. They put, like, uh, 11 guys on the line of scrimmage <laughs> in that game and, and just put Gino Toretta under as much pressure as you could ever witness, and he was able to do nothing in that ball game. It was completely dominated by Alabama. But what was really dominated by Alabama, and uh, I, I don't know if this can be the case in Atlanta, Luby, and uh, you do have your uh, diehard fans of the dogs, uh, definitely yes. in the state yes. of Georgia, a much beloved team, uh, yep. been very successful, been at the top or near the top for a long, long a time now, now, and yeah. uh, going back through history. Yeah. Even though I always thought they had like a bullshit offense uh, going yes. back into the day, right? You know, they run the ball too much. I know they had great runners like Herschel Walker and uh, many others, right? Rogers was there uh, as well. But um, nonetheless, I mean, uh, it was boring. I, I thought it was pretty yes. boring to watch. Rick opened it up and made him over pro style, but uh, they really were never a contender contender until the last few years with Smart. He's taken it to like another level. He competes with Alabama. And. It would be cool. It was going to be cool to see Alabama lose before that game just to really oh knock God. them out. I was praying they would lose. <laughs> I was so excited. I've never I, I was Robert. on my knees in front of the screen. Please. <laughs> I was like, what the that hell? Red Sea defense. <laughs> uh, just incredible. People are like, why are you talking about this two days in a row? Do you even give a shit about this? Normally, I wouldn't care about the Iron Bowl. But I cared Saturday. I'm at a party, and I'm like, Sh- shut up. The rivalry weekend, you know what I mean? That's kind of a nice thing. And you see all of these uh, classic matchups taking place. And, uh, you know, you have uh, in-state rivalries and uh, just, uh, you know, bitter rivals from, uh, like, Ohio State and Michigan uh, taking on each other. FSU yeah, yeah. Florida used to be, like, a meaningful Thank rivalry. Yep. Although... Not anymore, Mike uh, Louie Lubitz. Not so much. A dull snooze fest of a ball game. Uh, just incredible. But uh, nonetheless, I, I was I was just I, I was sh- uh, not shocked to see it. I, I thought you know Nick Saban was kind of the epitome of cool that entire yeah, time. Yeah, it was annoying. By Nick Saban standards, Steve Spurrier would have been throwing visors. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the Florida Gators, uh, guys would have been throwing headsets and stomping on them. But uh, Saban, you know, he had that look on his face, like you know what? Don't think this one is over. Well, Saban, it's weird. He likes. That game more than kicking ass. Remember, before that game, we didn't talk about it last week, but he had a whole, like, 
rant fest. You know, once in a while, he loves to do his rant fest. Oh, he's pissed at the he fans. He's pissed that they're winning too good show. and the fans aren't happy enough. And it's like... You've set a standard. What do you want? You're always bitching when you're winning big. He's the one that th- you saw it this week when they were in a dogfight. He's never been so happy. He loves when they're in a dogfight and they pull it out of their ass. When they win big, he's pissed. They really pulled that one out of their ass. <laughs> they rat, did. So. They did. That was, that was deep a total bullshit. <laughs> and, I'm you know, so all bad. you're hoping for if you're, I mean, look. Nick Saban, a little smarmy to me. He, he's little? mellowed a little bit in the last few years. Maybe it's all that Aflac money that he's making <laughs> on the side. I don't imagine that he really needs the dough because he's making, no. uh, what, top dollar? Is he yes. not uh, guaranteed highest. to be the highest paid he has that football coach in college? Does he, he have one of those deals where yes. he gets a dollar more than anybody else? He has to be the highest paid guy. That's his Oh, deal. my God. Yes, I mean, did he send, like, a case of champagne? To Lincoln Riley? Yeah, he must love Riley. <laughs> He's like, go, go. <laughs> and and uh, Kelly, I mean, right now, are you kidding me? Yeah, he loves The money that, that he has to be getting. I, the money from LSU probably can't even be published at any time, right? If that's ever leaked, that information, they probably can't a contract, <laughs> how much money they had to pay. So Laura Guy from Notre Dame. Crazy. 12 years at Notre Dame, beloved by everybody, yep. acknowledged by the Pope. Yeah, he's gotten them in the playoffs. And this guy, Brian Kelly, uh, you know, takes a paycheck to go. While he's contending for a national championship, yes. still not out of the picture yeah. uh, with the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And a uh, very distinguished uh, career there. Huge upside record, as you might imagine. Although uh, we, we saw with the Jerry Faust era that it is possible to fall flat on your face while coaching the Fighting Irish. Well, Ty Willingham, Divine. I mean, everyone until Kelly. Like, they had a, a nice stretch there between Holtz to Kelly, where they were average to bad. Yeah, so uh, it was. I don't know if it was a surprise because there were some rumors that he might take the USC job. And then uh, Riley got to Allenite Capital, and they were like buying uh, the entire state of Oklahoma. (laughs) With all that money to throw at it, I mean, uh, we were talking this morning on our Ion Channel show uh, about how uh, it it is amazing that uh, they still would try to perpetuate the myth. (laughs) Yeah. That college sports, basketball and football in particular, were just interscholastic endeavors to promote the uh, better mental and physical health of the participants, right? That's like the disclaimer on wrestling. (laughs) These are uh, merely exhibitions to display the skill and stamina of the athletes. My favorite. And by no means have any bearing or foundation in reality whatsoever. In terms of legitimate sporting results. My favorite to this day, they don't use amateur anymore really much. They've sort of gotten away from that because they know how hypocrisy-filled that word is. But they have that commercial every year, and I don't know if it's all year, but 99.9% of athletes will not be pros. And then they show the lawyer yeah, and the they'll accountant. be delivering pizza. <laughs> it's like, okay, so then how? They went to two years of classes, lost their scholarship, and the next thing you know, their life is ruined exactly. in shambles, my friend. Exactly. Listen, I mean, if you like playing sports, at any time you can compete at any level. And if you can move up a couple of levels, uh, you know, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Right? If you're playing some college ball, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no disgrace in that if you're not, like, one of the best around and end up being a pro. But uh, you, you can't sell me on the idea that uh, there aren't some inequities <laughs> in the way that, uh, that these people are approached for their services. And, and if you're going to be approaching people in that fashion, are you not, I mean, running just a strictly a professional enterprise yes. and, and as evidenced by these salaries that are being given to coaches? 
The Gruden thing, uh, and that was something else that we were talking about this morning. When, when that came out that Mark Davis, uh, this uh, guy with the bowl cut that owns the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Captain King. And, and you were thinking, and I don't know that this is true. I mean, you were thinking the only reason this guy is successful is because he's in the, the right business, which would be the inheritance business. Exactly. And how much money from NFL owners did Al Davis have from those various lawsuits? Okay. Listen, Al, we'll give you $30 million to make it go away. Is that all right? <laughs> no, you can't say a word where the money came from. <laughs> Al Davis, I mean, uh, the, the Raiders, weren't they in a, an horrendous situation with regard yes. to their stadium the entire yes. time that Al Davis owned the team? Yeah, that's all he did They was eventually fight. moved out of there and, and went to Las Vegas, which what has to be. I mean, you talk about filing in, uh, you know, falling into uh, the right pile of stuff. Uh, this Mark Davis has done it. But I, I did see uh, a feature on him. I think it was on 60 Minutes, Louie. And uh, he comes off as a pretty decent guy. And you know where he's been uh, featured prominently lately? Where? He will be the uh, central face in, in uh, line with the camera at uh, Las Vegas boxing matches. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Mark Davis, uh, I guess, uh, a big boxing fan also. But he came off as a pretty good guy who was aware that uh, maybe he might have been uh, Luke Eric City, huh? the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, to fall into this uh, windfall of capital that he has, uh, owning an NFL team in Las Vegas with its own brand-new stadium, and no doubt a deal that is highly unfavorable to the state of Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Surprised they don't have a casino in there. They probably have slot machines in the stadium. It's only a matter of time before they have Kino cards being sold <laughs> in the stands here. <laughs> hey, beer. Hey, Kino here. <laughs> right? You got a girl in pasties and a G-string uh, coming down the aisles there, seeing if you want to. Wager on uh, game number 81 <laughs> of some cockamamie bingo game that nobody ever wins at. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's ever taken down a dime in a game of Kino. <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Mark, Mark Davis gave uh, $100 million to John Gruden, yes. and people were, my God, I, I, yep. I can't imagine anybody paying a coach this much money, even though there were college coaches already in that category as uh, evidenced by uh, whatever it is that they're paying Nick Saban to stay yes. in Tuscaloosa. You think his wife really likes it there? Huh? <laughs> They're like, the Dolphins aren't paying you this money. <laughs> this is oh, made this hat out of beaver, Mr. Sa uh, Saban. <laughs> Shot him myself. <laughs> right? She wouldn't want to be in L.A. with Nick. Are you kidding Maybe me? Maybe coaching uh, at USC. I'm surprised Nick didn't take that job based on uh, the feelings of his wife. Anyway, uh, it would have been a delight to see them lose that ball game and yes. see Saban just scrambling. Six and a half point dogs, Mike Luby Lubitz. Six and a half, six and a half point dogs. The original line here that came out on Georgia favored in Atlanta over uh, the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Which uh, and now think about this: they uh, nearly lost. Yes. What would they have? Like a failed two point conversion uh, by the Florida Gators almost lost that game. Yes. And by all rights, I mean, uh, they did win the game, so you can't discredit them for that. Uh, the win is the win, as they say, the cliche goes. But, go. I mean, by all rights, they should have lost that game. Yes. As uh, Auburn had so many opportunities uh, to even put more points on the board. And then the bozo of all bozoic moves. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're correct. I mean, you don't want to single out a college player and uh, crucify He's him like it was Bill Buckner or something. Yeah. Or uh, Jackie Smith, but uh, nonetheless, hey, the show, he, he misjudged the wire, huh? Shoemaker. <laughs> we all make mistakes. I don't know. But and he kind of got thrown out of bounds. It, it was a very heads-up play by the Alabama yep. defender. And yep. I don't know if that uh, was coached by Nick Saban. Probably. Or just instinct on the player's part. But, uh, you know, the guy had uh, realized, I think, that he needed to go down. And, and then the defensive player kind of threw him out of bounds. Yep. And that stopped the clock there, and that uh, ultimately was uh, curtains 
as it turned out, for the uh, Auburn Tigers, who ended up losing that game against a Rush rival, would have made their season. Yeah. Instead, they sit there at 6-6 six and six and contemplate whether or not they want to go to the Emerald Bowl. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, but Alabama, with two losses going against Georgia, and then getting not completely out of the playoff picture, uh, would have been just uh, too delightful amazing. for words. That would have been amazing. So, um, I, I, what chance do you give them? I, I mean, if they were handled like that by the Auburn defense. Yeah. All logic would dictate that Georgia would dominate this game. And, uh, you know, it's not like they uh, don't have their own uh, suspect nature defensively themselves, especially if they're going to get stymied on offense. Uh, they were held to three points uh, with, with a minute and change to go. Yeah, I remember. Which would have been 40 seconds if they don't make that brutal mistake there at the end of the game. Auburn didn't have their starting quarterback. Like, that's a big reason why there was only 10 points yeah. on that board. Like, Auburn, Bo Nix is actually – we know Bo Nix can be up and down if you follow college football, but this year he's been better and he's been a lot more consistent. They have 10 with a backup. They would have put up at least 20-something. Georgia's offense isn't elite. Uh, Stetson Bennett is a walk-on, and he's better now, but he's still not a great quarterback. He's really not even a good quarterback. He's just improved. But their defense is not only the best in the country, it's the best in a few years, and their defense is scary. So if Auburn and Alabama had their full complement of offense, like I know they their number one receiver at, which I still don't understand why he's on punt coverage, let alone targeting people. But he was out the second half, so that did hurt them offensively. But still, we know they're loaded. One kid, one receiver being out doesn't shouldn't hurt Alabama. So Georgia should stop. But again, like you've seen so many times, Georgia the last few years has been the team. They're up by like. What was it, 20 or 17? Joe Commoner, yeah. In that championship game. To the point where Alabama took out their Heisman candidate quarterback, put in a freshman no one had heard of. We now all know him. No one had heard of. He comes in and storms back, and he had barely played that year. Like Georgia in this spot, even with Kirby Smart, Saban like cast this shadow. This is the strongest they've been against Alabama. And I still look, six and a half is about right. I, I wouldn't touch this game. Like, Alabama gets in that game, and Kirby Smart sees his former mentor, and he, like, shrinks. All logic would dictate to lay the wood, so uh, go ahead and send it in on Alabama. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you give Nick Saban 48 hours to exactly. prepare for anybody. All right, crazy money. That's what uh, yesterday's sports news was all about. Brian Kelly uh, ends up going to LSU. Crazy money involved there. We already talked about Lincoln Riley. That, that was known the other day. Yep. Uh, going to USC, crazy money involved there. Major League Baseball, Max Scherzer at 37. Yeah. Uh, coming off uh, like uh, arm amputation. No, he, he's uh, he's fine. He had a good season last year. He was a real asset to the Dodgers until they got to the postseason. And I think he, he might have run out of steam a little bit. Max Scherzer to the Mets, three years, $130 million. Corey Seager, the Texas Rangers, spent $500 million on two ballplayers yesterday. And the question, uh, like we're asking with college football, where's the money coming from? Where is this money coming from? It has to be that there are so many broadcast outlets like this, Believe Podcast Networks, and, and content is at such a premium that Major League Baseball providing even the most dreadful four-hour game with 100 pitching changes, <laughs> managerial uh, cookie-cutter styles uh, where they're uh, taking out a guy who just stuck out, struck out three guys in a row, and, and they lift him in the next inning because he doesn't pitch the eighth inning. And you're like, this is insane. Nobody can hit the ball. 20 guys a game are striking out for each side. I mean, it's worse than uh, watching two teams shoot 20% from three-point range in the NBA and take <laughs> 63s apiece. What has happened in the world of sport? But where is this money coming from? Is that just because they can fill four hours no matter how boring but with a live sporting event? 
Maybe that's why soccer has reached such levels of popularity, right? Uh, we need something to fill the time here, which is kind of what we're doing right now here on uh, After Hours with Defoe and Luby. No, it's uh, been a lot of fun being with you. Uh, thanks to uh, Hannah B. I was a big Hannah B. fan. I know. Like, I was, when I came on my desk, as they say, I, I, I first I'm like, Bachelor, I'm like, oh, wait, Defoe weirdly watches Bachelor and Bachelorette because he thinks it's I think she got thing. stiffed by, uh, well, I don't mean to put it that way, but... Uh, she got snubbed by some guy. She was like uh, one of the four finalists. She had gone to the hometown and met the parents and everything, and everybody loved her. And she uh, was this uh, kind of southern charm uh, yep. darling. That's the and, best. Uh, you know, a good-looking babe, too. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, was a pageant winner. Uh, turns out, too, I mean, uh, as part of her story there in uh, God Bless This Mess, she talks about uh, hard to imagine that she suffered from anxiety and severe uh, you know, uh, social problems in terms of, uh, you know, wanting to just go out there and be yourself. And then she ended up in pageants. Uh, kind of interesting. But uh, that Chris Harrison, does he not remind you of Gordon Soley, the wrestling announcer? Yes. Now, now yes. he fell into disgrace and uh, cancel culture, <laughs> I mean, uh, immediately eliminated. Probably, uh, I don't know, he had some disparaging remarks to make uh, about uh, black people, uh, which it seemed like it was very inappropriate considering how he represented himself on the show. As, uh, I mean, just the... I mean, was there anybody that empathized with situations more than Chris Harrison, oh, no matter how ridiculous they seemed? Fantastic. Yep. It was like Soli interviewing Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Let's talk about the situation with the Iron Sheik, Dusty. And uh, he would just uh, deadpan a question. Hey, Hannah B., what about the guy with the guitar? So <laughs> that was weird, too, that she took this guy. I mean, everybody was screaming at the screen. Uh, no, not that clown. He's a phony. He's a fraud. There he is, down on one knee. Will you marry him? Unbelievable. <laughs> what a schmink. <laughs> what about you, Why does everything end up in disgrace? That's <laughs> also an unfortunate fate of people in the media and uh, people in the public spotlight. It always ends up in disgrace. Let's hope it doesn't go that way for us. That's All right, uh, being uh, you know, with you uh, today was an absolute pleasure for Mike Luby Lubitz. Our thanks yes, to sir. Hannah Brown of uh, reality TV fame on Dancing with the Stars. Did it in fine fashion also. She was absolutely fantastic on that. Her uh, book is out, God Bless This Mess. And, of course, uh, we are uh, always happy to be with you here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, many people downloading uh, the shows right now, and that is just great. We'll continue to give you more after hours tomorrow here on Believe Podcast Network. From Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Destination Sport Miami is here to revolutionize the sports landscape in South Florida. The largest indoor multifaceted sports complex in North America is on the way with distinguished leaders of its various sports programs and unparalleled access to the finest indoor training fields and facilities. Destination Sport Miami will set South Florida apart as the destination of choice for elite athletic training and development and for its dedication to youth programs and sports on all levels. A phenomenal concept and a powerful undertaking, Destination Sport Miami will also be an important commodity in the sports business community as well. Destination Sport Miami, it's time has come. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered 
with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.